So today, we are going to finish up this series that we've been in for the last uh, few weeks. And I know some of you probably have not been here throughout that series. Some of you may have not been to church here in quite a while, and I just want to say welcome to you. I'm so glad you're here this morning. Some of you have may have not been able to be around for some of this series that we've been in. But what we've been doing is we've been following the events of Jesus' last week, starting at Palm Sunday all the way through Easter Sunday. And if you look around the room, you'll see images that represent each of those days, those eight days of Jesus' life that we have been looking at over the last um, 40 days, this season of Lent. And so last week, we talked about Friday. And Friday, one could argue, is the darkest day in the history of our world. That is the day that the Son of God was tortured and executed by way of crucifixion on a cross. It was not a good Friday, but it was a day full of violence and suffering and death. One of the hardest parts of Jesus' final days here on earth was that he had to face all his suffering alone. He had his friends, his disciples, he had an extended network of people. But what we find is that even his closest friends, his disciples, let him down time and time again during those final days of his life. As we've discussed, one of Mark, we've been looking at the gospel of Mark in the Bible, and one of Mark's major themes throughout the whole book is the failure of the disciples, that they get it wrong over and over and over again. And I kind of like that Mark has that theme because I find that I fail quite often. Do you all feel that sometimes? In his last moments, Jesus was deeply betrayed by his friend Judas. Judas led the authorities out to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus, James, and John, and Peter were all praying. Jesus asked his disciples to stay up with him and keep watch, and they failed. And what happened is Jesus got arrested. After Jesus was arrested, his disciples, it says, all ran away in fear leaving Jesus all alone to face his imprisonment, his torture, and his unjust trial. While Jesus was being unjustly sentenced to death in the middle of the night, Peter had trailed kind of close behind. He didn't run away completely. But he was outside the courtroom warming himself by a fire. And some guards saw him. Maybe they recognized him by his accent or whatever it might have been, but they knew And thought that he was one of those guys that had been running around with Jesus. And so they questioned him and asked him, do you know Jesus? Peter, perhaps you could argue Jesus' best friend. Three times he denied to the guards that he even knew who Jesus was. Jesus had even predicted that Peter would do it. And Peter had boldly declared, I would never do that to you, Jesus. And lo and behold, just a few hours later, he was found Weak and afraid, and he told these people he never even knew Jesus. Peter was tormented at that moment by his cowardice and his betrayal, and he cursed his life and he fled. Now I want you all to try to put yourself in the shoes of those disciples. Particularly Peter, who was, could be argued was the leader of the group. How would they have felt in this dark, dark moment in Jesus' life? Their friend and mentor was was suffering. He was about to be executed, and they had really, really let him down. 
Not only were they traumatized by losing their teacher, their teacher and friend, but I'm sure that they felt overwhelming guilt and shame. Have y'all ever felt guilt and shame? Just that overwhelming feeling for not sticking with Jesus during his darkest moments. Other gospels tell us that Jesus was, um, after Jesus was executed on Friday, the disciples spent the whole day on Saturday hiding behind a locked door in someone's home in Jerusalem, paralyzed by a mix of fear and shame and profound embarrassment at their failures. The story of Jesus ended with the disciples fleeing and running away afraid and Peter denying that he even knew him. What a sad, tragic ending to the story. Well, the good news that we're celebrating today is that the story doesn't stop there. I'm going to read from Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. I'm just going to read here off the screen. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, on Sunday, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. So while the men fled away in fear, the women were still there doing for Jesus what the men wouldn't do. They went to give him a proper burial. They entered the tomb with their spices and supplies And instead of Jesus' body, they saw a young man in a white robe. And this young man spoke to them. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. The story is not over. The young man specifically tells the women to inform the disciples who fled and Peter who denied that Jesus was the one who died, was alive, and that he was waiting for them back in Galilee. Everything had fallen apart, but Jesus offered hope that it could all be put back together. Grace was waiting for them in Galilee. There was an opportunity to begin again. You know, people have always been disturbed by the ending of Mark. This is how the book ends. We don't see Jesus. We don't see the resurrected Lord. We're not sure if the women actually go and tell the disciples and Peter what the young man said. They are terrified by what they heard and saw, and it says they just fled in fear. The gospel just ends abruptly. It feels unfinished. This even has led some to add a longer ending to Mark 
If you ever read in the back of Mark, you'll see there are two endings listed. The longer one came later, and it seems pretty clear it was added after the fact, because people did not like the ending that Mark chose to write. The ending of Mark is strange, I will give you that. Though I found, find power in the way that Mark ends his story. His unfinished ending signals to us today that the story is not over. The Gospel of Mark, if you pay attention, really is a circular book. It began in Galilee with a call to follow Jesus. They eventually made their way in a haphazard manner all the way to Jerusalem, and it ended in tragic failure and disappointment. Yet at the end of the book, the disciples are invited to go all the way back to Galilee, where it all began, and start the journey over. Jesus invites them to run it back, to begin again, and give it another shot. And we as readers are invited to do the same, to continue our journey of discipleship. Every year we encounter this story. It's meant to go back to over and over again, deeper and deeper into our discipleship with Jesus. This story takes us back to the start, so we can start over and give it another try. There is grace available for screw-ups, for those who have failed, for those of us who have lost track of who we are and how we ought to be living. Have you all ever messed up before? Have you all ever felt disappointed with where you're at in your life? Maybe you feel like that right now as you sit here in this church. Do you all ever wish you could begin again and start over? Well, the story of Jesus is that there is grace. As Beckett reminded us, there is forgiveness for our sin. Jesus' friends really messed up, and they likely felt like giving up, I would imagine. Yet Jesus invited them to, get to a fresh start to get it right the next time. This is part of the power of the resurrection. The resurrection, I could talk about it for a very long time, and really we talk about it all the time here at the church, not just on Easter. But today I just want to highlight this one part of the resurrection power. That Jesus rose from the dead 2,000 years ago. But the really important part and the really cool part of it is that we can rise too. Beckett's baptism, coming out of the water, it is a sign of rising again to new life. That we too can rise. Maybe Jesus is calling you to rise up this morning to take his hand, and to start again. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.